What time is it? Pass up, pass up. Time? Pass up, pass up. Time? Hey friends, welcome to episode one of Relationship Pasa Pasa, a Jamaican podcast about news and views from four smart and sassy Jamaican women balancing careers, education, motherhood, dating, marriage, everything in between. Join us as we discuss current events and life in general, (laughs) including relationships, politics, entertainment, religion, you name it, we're talking about it. This is Carrie. Thanks again for listening to our teaser and joining us for episode one of the Relationship Pasa Pasa podcast. Today, we're ex- our episode is really about sharing with our new friends a little bit about how we met, and then we'll dive into a discussion a little bit around talking to strangers, the latest Malcolm Gladwell book. And so let's dive in. So can you get our friends up to speed about how we met? Hi, guys. This is Sophia again. Um, so, Carrie. Carrie and I met at the first day of college at our EOF at Cook Campus, Rutgers University. I remember that day very vividly. So, my mom and Carrie's mom were standing in the line waiting, two Jamaicans, and Carrie's mom walked over <laughs> to my mother and... As you can imagine, two Jamaicans standing in line with a bunch of white, um, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that ignited a conversation. And uh, of course, Carrie's mom and my mom was like, okay, well, they're going to be friends. And ever since that day, yeah, Carrie and I have been friends. So that was a very good interaction i thank carrie's mom for opening up that conversation and that line of communication well maybe you have to set the scene of what carrie's mother is like because i can only imagine (laughs) what carrie's mother is like and what your mother is like because it's vastly different but that is very very open and very what's the word she's she's the most jamaican jamaican i know (laughs) <laughs> that is no, true that is true and my mom is not very my mom is not very outspoken she's not very friendly if you talk to my mom she will talk back to you but she's not going to go in and get a conversation so right yeah. right and Carrie's mother is very Jamaican you will know she's Jamaican from the moment you meet her and she's very outgoing, and I'm sure based on her experiences, can sell ice to an, an Eskimo. So I'm sure, sure that was very easy. <laughs> very easy. Ice to an Eskimo. That's very true. That's very true. But needless to say, they ended up talking the entire time they were in the line. I remember Carrie, I don't know if you remember Carrie, when we were just standing this side going, wow, I think they're going to be more friends than we will. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> They were having a conversation the entire time. Are we still in the line waiting? Were we waiting for the, our apartments? What were we waiting for? We were in, I don't remember what we were waiting on, but as you can imagine, we are right first year college students, eager to get started, whatever that looks like. I us. wasn't eager and I was scared as heck. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I was I know I was happy to be out of my house. Time. That's for sure. I was happy to be away from home. Um, but yes, they, they did hit it off, which was nice. And I think it, it is a reminder because right. We were what 18 at the time and they were probably the age we are now and meeting strangers and right at that time and Mm -hmm. not maintaining a friendship, but being very empathetic to one another as moms. Um, to these first-time college students, you know, it's it's just a lot of parallels, I guess, just looking back at that experience. Yeah, and I think for just for you as myself, it was my first time leaving home, so my mom was terrified with that. I remember your mom was saying the same thing, like she she didn't even want you to leave home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very accurate. <laughs> 
my mom was I think my mom had mixed emotions with me leaving home honestly speaking she wanted me to go experience the world I guess but at the same time she she was scared because the world's the scary place I guess mm-hmm. but look at look at us what 10 15 years later I don't know yeah more, y'all made it definitely more than 10 years <laughs> definitely <laughs> Definitely almost 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be 20. Please don't say 20. Ma'am. 20 is right. a scary number. So that was Soap and Char. How did you how did you guys meet? Because I remember meeting Char through Soap. I met Char through Akeen. So um we all were part of Liberated Gospel Choir again, Rutgers. Woo boot. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, uh, sorry for myself and Akeen. We're all Seventh Day Adventists, and um, we were, I think, the only three on the choir. So I met Akeen. Um, I actually, I think I knew Akeen before the choir, but Akeen introduced me to Sharifa at choir. I was like, "Hey, another one of us, yay!" And then we all started to go to church together. So that's how okay. I met Char. Yep, yep. Okay. And Misha, I met Misha through Carrie. <laughs> so oh, Carrie, how yes. did you meet Misha? Misha, tell, tell our friends how we met. So honestly, <laughs> no, seriously, listen, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but um, so trying to piece together 20 years ago exactly how this happened is... <laughs> Yeah, not easy. But I do remember seeing Carrie and Carlos. Carlos and you had class together, right? I'm not making that up. Yes, Carlos and I were in EOF together and then had classes together. Okay, so you and Carlos together used to walk from Cook over to those little buildings over in the bush. I don't even remember what those buildings were called. The buildings we had that the our EPIP classes you guys used to walk. I used to hear over here you guys having conversations. And we met, like, ended up meeting in one of these classes that we had. And I don't even know what class it was. I just remembered you and Carlos were friends and you talking to Carlos and then ended up being friends with you guys. And then I'm pretty sure I did the fashion show because I don't think I did, I would have done the fashion show I don't even remember. Like, I was in Twese separately. I don't even know. I don't even know. But I just remember meeting Carrie before everybody else. Because Carrie was on Cook. I met you at the fashion show that you did with Carrie. That's the first time I remember meeting you. Carrie did it to me after the fashion show as another Jamaican. Okay. And a roommate. (laughs) Drama. Let us not get into that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) My yeah, feelings are still hurt. Listen, I am the only one who did not go to Cook. I went to Douglas mm-hmm. College. So everybody I met through choir, at choir at some way mm-hmm. and some point. Yeah. So, so, so definitely. And Sophie and I became good friends in college because we went to church together and I'd go home with her to church and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I met Carrie and Misha through choir. Through Soph. Through choir. <laughs> 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 and Carrie, I, I room with Carrie um, and Soph. It was just the three of you? At choir. No, it was me, Carrie, Soph, and Danira. Did Carrie Lee ever, ever attend that tour with us? Carrie Lee, I don't remember. Yes, but that time I had room with Carrie, um, um, Diana. And um, is this a different tour now? Yeah, a couple tours. Yeah, yeah. We had different tours. The time I room with you, Soph, was when um, it was Carrie Ann and Danera. So LGC. Carrie was supposed to go on that tour, but I don't know if we could tell that story. <laughs> ah, oh, so yes, many that's stories true. We could tell. That is true, Shark. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely leave out that story. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we should. We leave should? It out. <laughs> Leave it out. Oh, leave it out. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah, that story should never be told. Re- <laughs> I would love Listen, to Listen, I, I, I was never on tour, so I would, I am now intrigued. 
Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you that story. I'll okay. That story. So many fun times with the gospel choir. Um, yeah, it's very interesting to think about the time that I was so involved with LGC that it was, um, yeah, it was a great time. Thank you for uh, sharing that, Char, and we'll have to discuss that story offline. <laughs> yes, ma'am. For the sake of Carolee, leave the story. <laughs> no, it's not Carolee. Carole. Oh, my goodness. I love people. <laughs> Yeah, we have a that's why we have a quick shout out to Cook and Douglas College. I don't yeah, think they're yeah. Cook Douglas anymore. I think they've since consolidated those names, right? They have? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, man. We have I mean, the alumni for Douglas is still separate, but all of the undergrad colleges are School of Arts and oh, Wow. I did yep. not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I need to go visit one of these days. All right, now. I don't know when we're to... You should. The campus is really changed. It's beautiful. Wow. beautiful campus. That's true. So why are you making it sound like it wasn't beautiful? I shouldn't say that. Let me take that all back. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good when we were there, but it's really, it's really different. It is very different. And shout out to EPIB. Mish mentioned EPIB on the low, and I don't know if you guys appreciate the complexity that is an EPIB major okay but... <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about excuse me you, the fact that we had to shorten the name means it's very <laughs> complex okay that is an abbreviated name I don't even know what you, that is I don't think you'll want to know what that is I, I hope y'all it's the longest major because <laughs> what, what is, is EPIB that's a good question <laughs> Listen, it? Cook- like environmental what? policy institutes and behaviors. It was just such a long name. Oh, yeah. Cook had the actually Cook had the craziest na- like uh, what you call it name. So I was just like, your major is what? I'm sorry, <laughs> what is that? There was no, there was no in between. You were either bio or EPIB. Like what? Well, one of my roommates was turf grass management, and I was like, I'm sorry, you go four years of school. To study turf. turf, turf grass. Yes, that was a major. That was a major, oh. and when I tell you those people make money, money. Stop. I was about to say because can I just tell you how my grass <laughs> was deading, and I had to beg back my lawn man <laughs> and pay him hundreds of dollars, and how my happy and just say, you know what? I've resigned myself <laughs> to paying this man money because he knows. And that's he different. And that's different from turf grass. Yeah. Turf. What is that? Oh, turf is the one you play on. Like golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one you play sports on. Got it. Turf. Like people who lay golf courses, maintain golf courses, make oodles and oodles of money. I did not know that was a major. Oh, it's a fake grass. They teach you the environmental. Got it. I'm done. Shout out to the turf. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't <laughs> golf golf courses may not have fake grass, but I mean it's it's all I'm sure it was all if you go four years of turf grass management, I'm sure there's real grass, fake grass, in between grass. I'm sure it's just all kind of grass. Okay. So we're gonna um acknowledge this, the special people who are turf grass managers. <laughs> Um, before, before, we, before we move on respect I, is know, due you gotta, you gotta throw, throw uh, accolades out there for people that are the real MVPs out here that's right real MVP. listen make yeah, real money because I know they get my money okay oh, wow <laughs> I appreciate them the ones that are the real grass wow. okay on my lawn so friends now that you know how we met or at least a little bit of how we met we thought it'd be interesting to share with you our first impressions of each other and kind of how that's changed over time but we're also using a little bit of a twist in terms of uh, using the lens of this recent book we all read uh, to talk through our first impressions of each other Uh, so recently we all read this book called talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell and if you haven't read it, it's a really interesting book. Uh, but we'll talk about that book today in terms of kind of our relationship, uh, starting off as strangers, obviously, and growing into what it is today. 
Do you want to get us started about first impressions? Do you want to get us started on first impressions? Oh, so let me see. So big picture, because that book, for me, I kind of stay away from these books because they delve into topics that are super sensitive. And, you know, the book starts with the sex the Sandra Bland story. And I must say, I listened to this book. I had the audiobook and I recommend mm-hmm. it because the audiobook has a lot of um, actual audio, like somehow mixed in with the with Malcolm's reading of the book. And it also has some testimony from different cases. It has music. So I would say the audiobook is its own I like, agree, experience. So I recommend it. Um, but so my else okay, so big picture just to start us off is I think this book is worth reading for me anyway. I think it's a good exposure to some important things, but then on the flip side, I think some of this stuff is oversimplified, and I I hope that the people who read it know or recognize that there's a little bit more context and a little bit more um like detail as being like I would say brushed over for the for the sake of like communicating the major points in the book I assume but I like the book and I think it should almost I think everyone should try to give it a read it gives a lot of good pointers on first impressions when you meet people and what we see is not all that there is and to recognize that people are kind of like a mix of where they're from, their education, their experiences, their culture, and so you know, socialization. It's really good to just think about a person. So when you look at someone, you don't make any big assumptions. This person's doing this or reacting this way because of X, Y, Z. You don't know. So it's always good to be careful about defaulting to truth and what that really means in which circumstances and how dangerous that can be. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, with the first impression, for okay, thinking back on the book and just thinking when I first met Carrie. So my first impression of Carrie would have been of her mom, right? Because Carrie's mom, again, is, as Misha put it, very Jamaican, you know? So when I first met Carrie, I'd already heard her mom. Um, so when Carrie started talking to me, I was just like, wait, Carrie seemed to be the complete opposite of her mother. But I thought I was just like, okay, she doesn't know me. You right. Know, she, it's go, she's going to go back and dive, revert to just being her mom. But she never did. She's completely the, the opposite of her mom. Um, and she has maintained that throughout the entire time I've known her from that day till, till now. And not that it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think Carrie is definitely... Um, uh, I don't know. When you grew up in Jamaica, it's just one of them things where... Carrie's mom is from Kingston, right? So you know that Kingston <laughs> lifestyle where you have to be like, however you got to make that buck, you, you make that money. But... Yeah, mom, so my mother, I think for a context, my mom is a... And has always been a entrepreneur. Like she's always done something. We used to have a store in my house as a kid. My mom used to sell her own things. She's a very real. She's a very good cook. She used to cook and sell food. Still, um, still do. Still does. Lady can so cook. She is a businesswoman at heart, and so she's very social and very vibrant around her businesses. Yes, that's true. And Carrie can be social but I don't know I, I don't think Carrie is like her mom in terms of who just walk up to you and just start talking to you I yeah, like Carrie, but you know what's so interesting from what you're saying is that you're saying Carrie mom is so Jamaican but it depends on what what you call right. Jamaican oh. I'm going right that too and I get that I'm right because every very honest say it as it is you know, Jamaicans don't pretty things up. However they see is how they're going to tell you. Well, maybe we should say old school Jamaican then. Well. Maybe if you can think of old school Jamaican who is just your mother, who will just tell you anything. She don't really business. She don't care how long she known you. She's going to tell you she's straight from the hip. She's just going to be herself. And that's it. Because that's just how it is. That's how they've been raised. I mean... I don't know. My parents, 
I don't know. When you compare how you imagine, when you, you think, when you read all the books, all the Miss Lou stories, maybe it's just because you know, I don't know. It's just how you imagine Jamaicans to be. Just very friendly, very just straight shooter, just how they are, how, how the stereotypical, maybe it's a stereotype then. Because as I said, she is the most Jamaican person I know, and I know enough Jamaicans. So I, I think you're right when you said the old, old time Jamaicans. Because I think the, the more modern Jamaicans are a lot more considerate with, with what they say. Like they will think more before they speak, right? We, you just don't say things now. But like, as you said, like my mom, my mom, if my mom thinks it, it's coming out of her mouth. It's, she doesn't care what it is or how it's going to make you feel, she's going to say it. Right. Maybe it's true when you say the old-fashioned Jamaicans, like you know, her parents and their parents, um, as they say, the, the truth must cause an offense. <laughs> right. Oh, poor Jamaicans. That's not true, guys. It doesn't have to cause an offense. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, just compared just my first impression of Carrie until where it is now, I feel like she hasn't changed. She's been consistent. And when I think of that regarding the book... Um, how Malcolm was just saying, you know, you can't always just pretty much judge a book by its cover, right? Right. Be a person and, and, and what you think they are is the complete opposite. Um, but sometimes what you think they are, it's who they really are for real. So, you know, as Shaifa said, it's a, it's a good book, but I had mixed emotions on the book, to be honest. I think we all had mixed emotions on the book. Um, and just every chapter was a new revelation of, Oh, everything I just learned is gone to crap. Now. Yeah, like something else. <laughs> and if you were watching watching or following any of these cases, then you might just get vexed sometimes when you're like reading some of them. Listen, the minute the book started, I was upset when it started. With <laughs> I was like, I tried to avoid this, like was... immersing myself in the Sandra Bland case because it's depressing and triggering. And, and it started with her? the video, yeah, with the sound. I was like, oh, crikey, maybe I should have read the book. I wouldn't have had to listen to her voice. Listen to her voice. Got me oh. very angry. I had to start. I had to start praying. Like Lord, help me to calm down. It's just a book. Right? I mean, I'm sure that's what he's going for, also, though, right? Because every single case that he pulled into the book, it 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 went to you some kind of emotion. What it, it did? Yeah, because it, that it, sex it assault and alcohol stuff got me triggered to like, excuse me, yeah. like you really. Th-? But anyway, I was like, really, is that how it works? Alcohol and all of a sudden, no. Okay. Yeah. And then the Sandusky <laughs> case. The Sandusky case was a whole different case, also because then. Oh Lord, yes. Now you have me angry. Yeah, but then you're kind of on the fence. Like, who's telling the truth? Who's lying? Who is holding on to the lie? Like, what what are we learning from all this? Like, what are we learning from 40 people doing or not doing what they're supposed to do? Well, you know what? Sometimes it's not even talking to strangers. So some of that stuff is like about when someone is establishing your mind as someone. So you know them for years and they're established as this. What right. is the hesitation when you see them do something that's against that script? Yeah. Right. And then another part of it was you saying you justify it in your mind. So you justify it in your mind to hold on to this image of the person that you already uh, have been holding on to. So you're saying, okay, well, the person maybe didn't do it because of X, Y, and Z. Because people do that. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. Even when the evidence are overwhelming because you know the person to be a certain type of individual is so hard for you to say. It's like it's your brain just will not allow you to go to think that they could really do something like that. Right. Yeah. I agree. So, I mean, yeah, lots of triggering points in lots of triggering points in it. Lots of, as I said, every time I went to a new chapter, I was like, Lord, one more thing for us to <laughs> try and figure out, try and figure out people. Now I'm second guessing everybody. I'm <laughs> looking at everybody. I, I, I know now. what happened to... Now I'm just going to say, as a public healther, I have to just say, we have to mention structure because a lot of these things, assuming that everything is applied equally. So like he was saying, the police department was doing more stops because of this was their new strategy oh, Jesus. but many times 
they're doing more stops and they're not it's not being done to all people the same right because of structures ex- exactly so i'm just like okay maybe but maybe not and that was another thing because he was saying okay um we're gonna teach you how to look for certain cues but couldn't translate it to other people. So now you're instilling biases in people. And that's hard to break. It's hard to say to someone, okay, well, in this community where the majority, if not everyone in the community is black, um, you're looking for X, Y, and Z. And so you're pulling over everybody because everybody kind of fit that description. Mm -hmm. And then if that one person is in a different community, just based on how they look, you are now assuming things. Now you're biased. And you're not trying to be biased as a cop. Some cops are biased because they are biased. And then some people are trying not to be biased, but they have been taught to be biased. biased so right. now how do you fix that? It's so hard. I think these are large, like much larger systemic questions, right? And we all bring biases to the table. The difference is, in my mind, how aware are we of those biases? Because we can't change a thing that we're not aware of. Correct. So there's also that at play. But Mish, I'm curious about your first impressions and kind of how that might tie into some of the concepts in the book. Lord, I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, honestly, no. I don't know what she ate this morning. No, seriously. <laughs> I don't, I, as I said, I remember very clearly... I remember very clearly you and Carlos going to cook all the time. And because I feel like at one point in between classes, like if classes started at 5.15 at like five o'clock, there was like, uh, it's like cattle, everybody walking from cook through like a certain mm-hmm. section over. And I would see you guys all the time. And the only reason I, and I, I of course was drawn to you was because you obviously sounded Jamaican at, you know, during some conversations with Carlos. Um, obviously, Carlos isn't Jamaican, but still just saying, okay. And I was always just drawn, it's so bad, just drawn to Jamaican people. You and if anybody, you, <laughs> if anybody used to know me, I used to, well, anybody used to notice when I, when I came to cook, I had a backpack that I had and on the front of the backpack was my flag. And I was like, <laughs> so, so Jamaican. Jamaican. <laughs> it, it was like, we call that like a spider web, like, hello, please, this is my trap. Any Jamaican? <laughs> <Holla. laughs> no, seriously. So, um, I mean, I don't, my first impression, I, I, just, I don't remember. I don't, I just know that. I feel like our relationship, all four of us, because even when I left Rutgers, my relationship with Shar was not what it was in 2005. Um, so at that point, Shar had already left, right? Yeah. yeah, I left 2004. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't even remember how the relationship transitioned into what it is. I think all of my relationships, I think... I had the best relationship between 2004 and 2005 with Soph. Or maybe it was after 2005. Soph, did you stay one more year? I did. Okay, so maybe it was once we left. Kara, when did you graduate? Oh, five. Okay, so maybe it was once we left and then Mm -hmm. Soph had moved off campus to that off-campus building. Yeah that my relationship I don't remember but I just remember I really that feel like I was the glue that kept all of us together right I, I agree so um because even after Sharifa left um Sharifa and I still maintained our friendship and after Carrie and you left like all three of us still maintain our friendship so I was like the the middleman that maintained friendship with all of you guys and I think, right. that, I think that's how we all end up still um, Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would agree. So maybe my first, Im- or maybe just my general impression, um, was that Soph and I probably were in the most similar space at that time. Um, 
as far as I understood it, Char had already gone on to do other things, got married, um, and wasn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I was working. Yes. Yes, you were in a completely different space from me. Yeah. Um, was doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, w- yeah, I just think my impression of everybody was we were just in different spaces going in different paths. And I, I just think currently it has just been different. We figured out a way for even if we're in different spaces for it to work. Um, yeah, and I think it happened at the right time because honestly, I have a bad habit. Let's just start with that. I don't really maintain a lot of friends through my life, I must say. Like, I don't right. stay in contact. But some there's many there are many people who I wish I did, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad it came back around. Because it Agreed. We, we probably never gelled the first time to, like, stay, like how me and Sophie had gelled. So I'm glad it came back around because it's a good gelling, you know? So yeah. you're all welcome. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> a true Sophie. It's true. It's true. I, I actually was just looking at messages. What's that app we used recently to go on our trip, um, Care? Which app? The one we used to what communicate app? during the, the trip. Uh-uh. Oh, oh group me. So when I re- reopened oh, no. group me, I saw all the messages from the group where we were like, is this the best way to communicate? Is this the best way to communicate? From us? Yes. Yes. And this was before WhatsApp. What? I want to that you tell it live. I don't know if they want to group me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's group me. She lied. I was not right. at group me. I've never okay. heard of group me. <laughs> you, you think you don't know about me until I'm, I'm going to send you the, the screenshot you're going to see. Oh, I'm telling you, we was used to have conversations on group me. Wow. Was group me in the time of LimeWire? Was, is that all? LimeWire? <laughs> you go away. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure group me was in that time because I saw, I saw messages between me and my cousin talking about LimeWire. There was another one that I used to watch bootleg stuff on. I'm pretty sure it's still out now. Oh yeah, Listen. I can't remember no. Y'all okay. talking about things I don't that know. Right, Sharifa? They, they lost me a group. It, I don't <laughs> think it was called group me. It may not have been called group me, no. What was it? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up to see what it was called. But it may not have been called group me. Suffice it to say, we, we are old. Um, Sha- <laughs> <laughs> I am not accepting that. Oh nice. I'm sure someone's gonna be listening to this like Limewire. Who are these people? <laughs> I am not Listen. one of them. I don't know about no Limewire. I was just my time. Way back. You're gonna see. Anyway, at the end of the day, what I was trying to say was we had to work on trying to keep it together. Yeah. Um and so when I look back at, when I read the book and read the interactions with people and read how, you know, first impression change, like long-term things, or when you've known someone for so long, for example, example in the Sandusky case, where you've know, known someone for so, he knew the coach, he knew what he was like, et cetera, et cetera. And for whatever reason, didn't say anything. So either told the truth but told it so late or lied and lied so early (laughs) we don't at this point I don't even know what the what the real story is I'm still so lost about that story but at the end of the day either he couldn't accept the person that he had conjured up in his mind so either he conjured up this that this person did these things Mm -hmm. or he well I'm or it really was that this person did these things at the end of the day he couldn't accept it at some point. So yeah. it's just interesting to me because I'm like, what if somebody had said Carrie did X, Y, and Z? What am I going to say? Or what if um, somebody said, so if didn't do X, Y, and Z, what, what, you know, how do I approach that? Because now you're looking at the relationships with people around you. You're looking at everything and second guessing your impression of them. That is kind of how I took everything away from the book like when I meet people how are their impressions and vice versa vice versa when 
when people meet me, because of course I work in HR, people see me and there are not a lot of black faces in the world that I live in. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and of course I am not the typical black girl who is going to, I shouldn't say that. That's a stereotype that I should not say. But when it comes to corporate culture, um, it was and is now transitioning where, you know, you wear a lot of makeup, you put on your weave slash your wig. That's how you're, you present yourself in, in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not do any of these things. So mm-hmm. how, how do people feel about me when they meet me? I have no idea. Um, yeah. And it makes you look at these things like, what is my first impression giving to these people? And of mm-hmm. course, you want them to be welcome. Of course, you want to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I've never, ever come across an issue with where I work or who I work for or anything says, listen, your presentation is not present Like, you are not presentable. This is not the culture that we're trying to create. That's never been an issue for me. But once you read this book, you're like, what if? What are people's impression? Like, what what are they taking from it, et cetera, et cetera? So you start, I don't know, you start looking at, at things completely different. You just start looking at it from out of different lenses through different people's perspectives, so many eyes. I'm just like, what the heck? It's just too much. <laughs> no, I think that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I don't work in right corporate America. I'm, my field is pretty liberal when it comes to some of those things. But I think there are, in every setting, there is a balance between being presentable, and I'm using air quotes there, and making the first impression of people, and also bringing your authentic self. Like, this is who I am, and people need to accept me for who I am, right, to the space. Right. And it is a balance, and we all have to kind of figure out what that looks like in context of our own lives. But I, I hear what you're saying about just being in a corporate world and balancing those two. Yep. It's interesting. Shar. And it's interesting. No, it is pretty interesting. I think I'm curious about Shar's experience, not just around the corporate question, but also just first impressions as well. First impressions of you guys? Well, not necessarily of us, but yes, I think I, I don't know if that I if I heard that piece from you, so I wanted to, a chance to circle back around it. Okay, so my memory, the way it's set up, <clears throat> I don't <laughs> remember. No, it's, 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 it's no, and it's not a couple. I have a very bad memory, but I have a sharp impression of people. So usually, I can associate someone with how they make me feel mm-hmm. or how I feel around them. Yeah. Right. right. So even though I don't remember, I definitely don't remember any first impression. Yeah. But I will always say I've been very comfortable in you guys' presence. Mm-hmm. And with respect to like impressions, I kind of just collect I and it might okay, it might be because of my maybe my personality brought me to my profession. I'm a profession brought this out of my personality. But I love to collect data. So I just I just soak <laughs> in who people are. And I mm-hmm. use it to build um, just an understanding of them. And I use it to kind of determine. Because I don't ever want anyone to be anything to be around me or for me to have to be anything to be around them. If I could find a comfortable way to be around someone right. and they can find a way that's not like painful for them to be around me, then I think we'll always get along. And I said, I always found a way. Like I, I had no difficulty ever mm-hmm. getting along with any of you guys and it's just been consistently that my whole experience of knowing you guys just learning who you are and who we are together mm-hmm. and and then that's just that really I don't force anyone you know except certain like my family to be around me <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to force your family exactly <laughs> no I just mean usually I don't know. My personality is I am, um, I don't know. I try to be like an, an easy person, not demanding. So mm-hmm. it's more like, do I feel like me and this person can gel? And once I feel like we could gel, then we could just always gel. Yeah. And it's been like pretty consistent that I thought that we had, we three, well, me with each of you mm-hmm. always had a good vibe. Right. And it's just been, that's been consistent. So yeah. Mm-mm. 
I feel the same way. Yeah. I agree. I do think, though, I remember very distinctly my first impressions of Shar uh, and Sof. And Sof is very reserved, right? When you first, right? Outside of like becoming her friend, I think my very first impression was, oh my gosh, she's so reserved. And I thought the same about Shar. And then when I learned that you were both um, Seventh-day Adventists, it, that's not a religion that at the time I was familiar with. So I was like, oh, well, that must be why they're both so conservative. Um, I will say, and I don't know that I've shared this with you both before, but I always remember thinking... <laughs> you sure you want to share it now? <laughs> don't be here. Don't be here. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's around just our the assumptions, right, uh, that we make about strangers. And I remember thinking, oh, God, are they going to be boring? Oh, God, are they going to talk about church all the time? Like, just, again, assumptions in my head about what it means to be conservative and what that might look like. Um, so those are some of my first impressions around you both. I also thought when I first met Mish, I remember thinking, okay, girl, okay. Uh, <laughs> me while we were praying for the girl and the Sophie. Right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but again, right, as I've gotten to know you individually and as we've grown as friends, those impressions have changed. But I do think the book, and I agree with you all around the book being a great piece of work that allows us to think about the way we interact with strangers. Um, and there, there are a lot of truths in there that I absolutely agree with. Um, and I think Shara said it really well around the book being this kind of high level summary and not really getting into nuances of privilege and race and all these other things that are at play um, in the world every day. But there are a lot of truths, especially around this idea of defaulting to truth and it being necessary for us socially to assume someone is telling us the truth until they prove us wrong. And mm-hmm. even when they prove us wrong, yeah. it's like there's a threshold. Like they got to prove us wrong a couple times. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, All right. <laughs> this person's not trustworthy. Uh, I thought that was really, you know, interesting. It's not like earth shattering. Like, oh, we know these things in a lot of ways. But it was nice to see it in context yeah plus we do see like in our daily lives like as you are saying these all these situations that we've talked about over the years have popped up but when you hear how this like our the things that we experience on a minor level can get blown out of proportion um is so interesting to me because yes when you know someone and they you know, <laughs> they go against what you, everything you think about them. As you said, it takes a while for you to accept that this other person, this person that you think it is, it, it's happening to, is not happening to. Like that case, what's the case, what's the name of the guy who was running the Ponzi scheme? Bernie Murtov. Oh, yeah. Yes. So my friend, friends, plural, in Jamaica, were friends, like we were in a friend circle with a friend who was bringing in cars and it, it was a thing back in the day when when we left after high after college when i went back to jamaica it was a thing where everybody was bringing in cars from china refurbishing them and then selling them yeah. back and what he would do was he would take money from people and bring in the cars re- um, and then they, he so he would do so you would pay him to do the back end job and people just wasn't hearing from him after a while and then you you hear all these things this person don't get their money this person don't get, this is a person in our friend group who he's doing this to friends so <laughs> when you hear these things that are happening on a smaller scale yes it happened to us and you're like wow that person did wickedy and you move on with your life then you have people who are wicked to a scale where people are jumping off the side of a building because they're so wicked. Then that's a whole, it's a whole other thing. Cause I'm like, Oh, n- now you're wicked on an extreme level. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> this is not on low level stuff. This, and every, every, all of these cases are, that's what happened. It's just high level 
of things we deal with regularly, of things that you don't naturally think about, oh, this could escalate into something else. It could escalate into national outrage, or it could escalate into someone actually dying. Mm -hmm. These are things that happen to us throughout our lives. And you don't even think about it. You're just like, oh, life happens. Misha? Oh, this happened. Oh, that person wicked, yeah? Thank you for bringing it back home because you would almost, I don't know, like skip over all of that kind of nuance. And as you're talking in my brain, I'm thinking, if you ever, I don't know, have relationships that have ended badly or well or relationships that have come to, I don't know, have grown or changed over the years. If you think about it, you know, a lot of, the relational things that we deal with is about around assumptions, things that we take yeah. as default into truth and then we learn something about somebody else and it changes our impression or we make an assumption, we're defaulting to truths that are not there, which is what the Sandra Bland, which was what a part of what he was saying about the Sandra Bland thing was, right? right. She's aggressive. She's He doesn't know her background and sometimes we're interacting with our friends and our family are we defaulting to a lot of things that are not true? I make decisions Correct. based on that. So, thank you for bringing it back to yeah the regular because that's real life because we do it all the time. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think that I. I kind of learned from the, I, I kind of learned from the book and with my relationships that um, you can't really control other people or what they're thinking or what they're doing. You can't, if, if you try to imagine what their perceptions are or how they're imagining it, it may be right or it just may be wrong. So you just have to, try to make the right decisions when it comes to other people because you make interactions on a daily basis literally a daily basis you may not come in contact with anybody new or you may walk down the street and now you're interacting with a million people that are new especially if you're in new york city at any point so trying to control that is just really hard but i guess making sure that you are clear about your making sure that it's in your mind that you know that people are getting your impressions from you just by you existing and just knowing that and keeping that in your mind I guess is important for making sure that um, you, you are seen in the best light I guess so Mish that's your takeaway that's my takeaway from it all mm-hmm. okay so, do you have any takeaways that you want to share? Kind of, uh, my takeaway is pretty simple. Just mm-hmm. pretty much, you just can't judge a book by its cover. Just get to know people. That's just how I. I, I that's that. That was. That's what I gather. Like you know, you just you will never truly know a person until they reveal themselves to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so until that revelation comes, you just don't assume. Just, just take a do the best you can to. <laughs> not judge a person and, and, and when they prove themselves opposite or you know otherwise then you go accordingly. That's 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 what I took away from the book. Yeah. How about you, Shar? Any like summary in terms of takeaways? Um I guess nothing I don't think I have anything more to add. I agree with so judge Take people as they come. Don't make any big assumptions about them. And then also remember, like Misha is saying, that every day in our interactions with people, we're also making an impression. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that is, but you have to realize that people are reactive. And so sometimes things we do and say, we don't know how they're perceived and received because of people's experiences in life. So we just have to be aware. Okay. I don't think we need to change who we are unless we need to change internally or we feel motivated but I think we must be aware of you know the impact we have on others and then we must also be aware while we're looking at people just how complicated everybody can be yeah yeah I agree I do think the one 
the one thing I will add, I agree to your perspective around not judging the book by its cover. I do think something that he said that stuck out to me around the right way to talk to strangers um, with caution and humility, I think is, it sounds very simple, um, but it's not that simple always uh, to be cautious and use humility when we meet people that we don't know. Um, So I think that that is really important and being, you know, having empathy to people that we don't know and who we are trusting that they are who they say they are and really extending, you know, grace to them as we would extend the same grace to ourselves. So I thought that was really, you know, important for in terms of takeaways from that book. I definitely agree. Any final thoughts before we shift gears a little bit? No, I think the book is a good read and anybody that's thinking of getting it should get it just so you can have an, I mean, if nothing else, these stories are very interesting and makes you want, I mean, if you're any anything like me, I want it to go deep into every single <laughs> one of them. I wanted to go listen to every court record. I don't know. She that's listens just the court cases, guys, just so you know. No, I do. I, I'm weird. So... Um, so Um, but it's really interesting and just his take on it is really interesting. It doesn't have to be your take as, uh, as the lady said, every, every time there's a new chapter, there's a new story, you have mixed impressions about it, but it's just somebody else's take on it. And the stories are really interesting. So if you're on the fence about buying it, or if you haven't listened to it, then you should. And I'll put a plug here. You can borrow it from your library. They're ebook versions, <laughs> audiobook versions. I borrowed mine from my library. Um, and then you might want to buy it, but just so you know, you don't have to pay for it the first time. Yep, agreed. Library is always a good resource. Mm-hmm. Though I do not have a library card, but don't judge me. <laughs> we are so judging you right now. <laughs> Listen, judgment cannot be real. Oh, and if you have Prime, you do get one credit for a Prime member, and you can use the one credit to get the book. So, yeah, another way to get it. Look at that. Very cool. All right. So, thanks, ladies. Friends, that's all for today's episode of Relationship Pasa Pasa. Thanks so much for joining us today. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you were here with us. Join us again in two weeks. We'll be unpacking the superwoman syndrome. That should be a pretty interesting conversation. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on wherever you find and listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. So you never miss an episode. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Relationship Pasa Pasa, all one word, if you are on the social media situations. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you again for listening.